Welcome to the Sports Deli. Check us out online at thesportsdelipodcast.com. Stephen A. Smith is my alter ego. Go somewhere else with that (laughs) (laughs) John, she's roasting your ass right from the jump. We ain't done the intro yet. (laughs) What the fuck? To me, Colin Kaepernick is is a hero. So do you have white privilege? Absolutely. I think there's a there's a balance between the idea of universal white privilege and it doesn't exist. That now we have to be a voice as white people. My uh, grandmother had eight brothers and two sisters. All eight of them went to Michigan undergrad in Michigan. Wow. All eight of them. <laughs> no Sparties in the house. All Wolverines. A couple, couple Sparties now in my generation. So. Wow, that's awesome. African-American women last year changed the course of this of this nation. Um, women are the backbone, and now we need to support the souls that they stand on. And now whether you're folding laundry, driving, exercising, or cooking, grab your favorite deli sandwich or bagel and your favorite beverage, and let's do this together in the sports deli. Auntie, take us away. I can't wait to chop it up today on this 23rd day of National Wellness Month with former Gator and WNBA player and coach Bridget Pettis. She's our 15th WNBA player coach to share space with us in the Sports Deli podcast where everyone deserves a seat at the table. The first, I might add, during a yoga retreat. She has a green thumb, which she got mostly from her mom. She started a community garden, which has blossomed into Project Roots, a nonprofit she launched that works to educate the Phoenix community on growing its own food and supporting the homeless. She has a soup kitchen and works with the food bank and has a farmer's market and a vegan fest as well. She loves green tomatoes, collard greens, and herbs in order to benefit from them not only nutritionally, but medicinally. She's got a juice company as well. And for a while, she did a lot of farm work out of her Prius. So she would love donations to help her soup kitchen more mobile and proper trucks to transport things as well as a mobile kitchen instead of people having to walk to the food bank because a lot of those people are homeless. He hopes to be a part of childhood education because after all the children are our future. She loved marigolds as a kid. She was born the same year as Kid Rock, Snoop Dogg, Tupac, Elon Musk, and Jada Pinkett Smith. The East Chicago, Indiana native was one of the original WNBA players and was drafted number seven overall in the elite draft in the first round in 1997. She played for eight seasons for the Phoenix Mercury and Indiana Fever. She once hit eight threes in a game in college versus rival Georgia, it should be noted. She loves yoga, as we mentioned earlier, and hopes to build more shelters to get the homeless off the streets. She has a fall festival with pumpkins and all kinds of fun things for the community. And Dr. Auntie Chantel, another original WNBA player who we've had on the show, was so excited that you were coming on the podcast and considers you family and says hello. You can find her on Instagram at being underscore a underscore light and at Project Roots website at www.projectroots plural az that's project groups az like arizona.org so shout out to coach wade from the chicago sky who he and uh edwig lawson wade his amazing wife another former WNBA player was on the show for uh recommending you um you know your layers are incredible um and i know you're still even after all these years really trying to find yourself find your identity figure out you know where you're going with all of this even after you know, being a part of the W for the better part of, you know, two and a half decades. So, you know, welcome and honored uh, that you're here sharing space with us today. It's been a minute, a long journey, I see. <laughs> yeah, it has been a long journey. So um, I want to ask you, so you grew up in a crazed basketball state, Indiana. And so usually people associate Indiana still to this day with Larry Bird and Bobby Knight. And, you know, so I want to ask you, um, how was it, you know, quite frankly, back then, being a a young woman, how did your experiences as a kid help you to, you know, get to a community college, which we'll talk about, because that's an interesting part of it as well. And then obviously, Florida, you know, for the Gators. Basketball was really just a dominant focal point in life. And my parents loved to go to the high school basketball games, the community loved the basketball high school games. 
I was blessed and fortunate to have a high school Hall of Fame state championship team before I even came aboard at Roosevelt High School with Latanya Collard who won the Wade Trophy. Um, she was one of the figures, women figures that were in front of me that I got to witness a professional player that was playing overseas and never got to uh, uh, an opportunity to play in the WNBA, but she was definitely of that caliber. She played many years over in Italy and that that for me, like as a little girl, to see that and to have someone doing what just sparked in me to do, like literally it sparked, wow, I can do that. I can play basketball and keep playing it and find, a, you know, different avenues in it and to have someone in front of me. And even the guys in Indiana basketball that I grew up in my neighborhood, so many boys that I just going to Gary and playing in, in, and my father being in the city of Gary and, oh. and going over there and getting playing with the big boys on that side of town as well. So I had an all round experience of basketball in many avenues. And then, like I said, to be an Indiana all-star, then we stretched all the way down. I got the opportunity to go south. I grew up playing in Hoosier basketball camps. Mm. Got to go there one time and experience that. And I just saw the passion of basketball in Indiana. Was Man, so you know, it's funny. Everybody I talk to, you know, it's it's interesting to me because I had a good but a bad high school experience. You know, I I was the minority. I was the only white guy on my basketball team as a senior. Uh, and and uh, I, I would say sort of inner city Detroit. We had a lot of kids bust in from the inner city. And, you know, obviously basketball was shifting at that point. Uh, we had won a state championship a few years earlier. And, you know, it was just uh, the basketball culture, you know, was starting to shift in terms of uh, less whites and more, you know, people of color playing. And so, but to, so, and Jay Billis came on and talked about how his high school experience was horrendous. Uh, and he didn't think the coach meant it, but to, to have someone who was a hall of famer to see like minded people to see people like yourself to be able to follow in their footsteps I, I imagine was looking back on it um something that was so powerful to you and didn't and, and and maybe until now you didn't even realize because if you had had a different experience you might have gone in a different direction you know you might not have continued playing if you didn't have so many positive experiences on the street and with your coach and so i want to ask you to that point we've talked about this as well in terms of street ball you know, I used to go out and play and we all, you and I, and they, you know, now it's formulaic. They just go to the AAU games and you got scheduled games. And can you talk about just, you talk, you, you touched on it, but how important was street ball and playing against the guys and just getting out there? And if you lose, you got to wait right an hour, hour and a half. Like it's man. You, and you're balling. Cause you don't, you don't, you don't want to wait. I said, I think it was tough because growing up a game, and five, six games and never touched the ball. <laughs> like now, so I, you, were, you were playing with guys mostly? Oh, I always played with guys. I never even, I rarely, rarely ever played with girls. Um, I love to play. I didn't, I just played. I, I so at what point did you get irritated that you weren't getting the ball though? Like after like, or was it right away? It was always, I mean, every day. I'm yeah. Like, would hope I get the ball, but you know, Man. I, I learned that I had to be more demanding and I learned that I had to be more aggressive in trying to get it. And, and I also learned that when my opportunity came, because it very rarely came, that I had to shine. I had hmm. to do something. I had to make a bigger impact and it helped me. It really helped my game to make my moments more impactful. Oh man, what I haven't heard that before. That that is fascinating to to realize that that uh, what that would teach you. I'm sure no coach when they were recruiting you asked you why do you think you're good under pressure, and that's like one of those lessons that when you learn that young, nothing yeah. compares to that. I was blessed to have a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, she gave me the real. Like she told me, like literally, if you want something, you literally have to go and get it up you have to give your energy you have to give your attitude and your effort to it and go and get it and 
that was instilled in me as a, as a young girl. And I didn't expect anything. I didn't expect them to have mercy and give me the basketball and clear the lane out the way yeah. and let me play because I was a girl. No, they were like, if you want to score just like us, you're going to have to get, you're going to have to demand the ball. You're going to have to get to the rack. You're going to have to take a hit, learn how to hit. You're going to have to learn how to score with taking a hit. And on the court, there was respect. Like they, yes, I am a girl and I grew and that I don't have the physical ability. So you have to learn too. You have to learn that. Yeah, I don't, you can't hit me that way. And thank God I had two older brothers to remind me. <laughs> but it was like a love. You, you learned how to play the game on the street. Um, there was a lot of love on the street. You got to be outside in the fresh air. It was a, a very positive atmosphere. You know, the sun felt good on you. The, the, the air felt good. It's just a completely different game outside. And like you said, you know, you, you, were, you were outside of the civil rights era, but it, it's so interesting to talk about the unspoken respect, the, the brotherhood and the sisterhood. You know, we often talk about it at the university level, but on the streets, it's a whole different language and it's a whole different vibe. And I remember when Jim Herrick came on, he talked about how uh, you know, being from West Virginia and he would go into the African-American neighborhoods and this was frowned upon, but they said, we don't give a shit. We're going to do it anyways. Cause we just want a ball. That's our language. And so he would go into their neighborhood twice a week. I think it was, and they would come into the white neighborhood once or twice a week. And this went on for a long time. And so that's how he learned that, you know, ball is the, you know, the antidote for a lot of issues. And we could learn a lot from not only sports and, and locker rooms, you know, in terms of society today and being better listeners and finding middle ground and coming together for a common cause. Uh, man, that's just fascinating. I can just, I can feel like I'm back in my childhood again on the streets of Detroit, you know, playing and the lessons that I learned. So that's, that's amazing. Um, so you had a, a hall of fame coach and, um, you, you go JUCO. Now, was that just to, to hone your game or academically, you know, the NCAA had requirements and you just had to finish up there and then, and then, but were you highly recruited out of high school also? Educational wise, uh, definitely. I, I don't think I was prepared for division one and my high school coach and I sat down and we really like talked about what would be the best situation for me. Um, just getting, just even getting a college mindset. Um, yeah. I was the first player, the first person in my family to even to get our college education. So, oh wow, you're first generation. That's amazing. Yeah. So, just that alone, just breaking that educational barrier, breaking wow. that that mindset. Um, growing up in a lot of negativity to even approach college was very challenging at that time, and. I just had the right people around me to guide me in that direction. Mm. And junior, junior college was a blessing because, I, I mean, obviously I went to the number one junior college in the nation mm. that was led by Lynn Larson, and she pushed us. I mean, we, she took my, my efforts in life to another level. Like, they, we were running three miles at 5 o'clock in the morning in the desert getting rid of the bird camps. It's really nothing you can't do. So I just appreciated all those little experiences that came along and those teachers that touched my life and encouraged me to go deeper and to see deeper and to see more in the in the experience that I wanted. I signed up for mm. basketball. Yeah. I didn't have any expectation of no I wanted the the to to put forth this experience so it required something of me and i had people to guide me in that positive direction yeah but still like it can go downhill quickly if you don't have people that are nurturing and and loving and supportive of of you falling down and making mistakes not just basketball mistakes but just trying to find yourself as a woman of color in society it was still you know, not the easiest time, you know, you're still probably looking over your shoulder. You probably had that talk with your family about what to do when you're driving. You know, there, there are other things that people like me with white privilege just never could possibly understand. And probably until recently didn't even understand it being from Detroit in the way that, you know, you had to navigate things. 
And, uh, oh, so, so, and now I have a better understanding why you wanted to pay it forward and continue to pay it forward because you know how strong, uh, you know, of a voice women can be and why it's so important that women deserve to, to be at those tables. You know, there's a lot of layers to this um, that we need to fix, you know, as allies, as people in your own community, you know, in terms of policy, uh, it's complicated. You were definitely blessed, that's for sure. College, overall, yeah, I would say I've had some experience. I remember, you know, some guys came up and called me the N-word. Sports Deli is sponsored by SportRx, the leader in sport prescription eyewear. You can find them online at sportrx.com. And don't forget to enter the code DELI10 at checkout for your special 10% discount. And now back to this incredible interview right here on the sports it's deli. Shift me, but when I, I remember at that time when I experienced it, <laughs> I asked my, I called a friend of mine and I asked, I, I don't know why it bothers me. <laughs> and she was like, well, because it's, you know, it's wrong and, you know, it's a hurtful thing to say and such and such. But I was almost appreciative of it at the same time because that's what the day I got over the N-word hmm. for myself. And uh, my, my family and we all talk about getting over the N-word. And we mean getting over it in the sense of that it doesn't react inside of me to make me lose myself. So it ain't that we're saying it was acceptable, but it made me look at that word and like, wow, it really made me so angry, so hurt. And this word should not do this to me. It shouldn't yeah. have that type of power. Right. Over and it, no, no doubt it. That doesn't mean it's right or it should do. And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying for me, that's how I look at it. Like, let me make sure this does not carry this energy anymore. So I grew a lot from those experiences. Yeah, definitely a stronger person. Did you feel supported at Florida? Or were, you had old school coaches back then. You had a lot of people that were, were shut up and dribble, you know. And so that's why I'm asking because the culture is different now. I think coaches have to uh, approach things differently. You're seeing coaches getting fired for stupid shit. And they've probably been doing it for years, but they just got away with it. You know, and, and even other WNBA players that have come on the show have said that Hall of Fame coaches, I'm not going to name anyone, were not as sensitive to whatever the issues were, racism, mental health back then, because there wasn't quite the knowledge of it. And it was sort of a shut up and dribble and stop misbehaving. Definitely. And I know players that have had that experience. But, you know, and I tell college players now, high school players, they're about to have a college experience. When my college coach was recruiting me, I was recruiting her. There you go. But Bridget, you, you have a different level of consciousness now, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I don't, you know, you got it from your mom, obviously, in large yeah. part, but you were born with, nobody has this level of, um, you know, vibration yeah. unless it's and that's just something that, yeah. right. And those were the teachers that were in front of me for me to have a high school coach. Amazing. Share with me why it would be best to go to junior college, and you know, like building relationships. Carol Ross, she helped me where I was trying to go. How could I help the team? And I was looking for that type of coach when I went to college. I wanted my coach to know I want to go overseas. I want to play at the next. All those things. I I want to graduate. I want you know, like we had an exchange for each other. I think that is very important mm. to build a relationship with the coach. You know that it's going to help you. And and you're young. My mother wasn't with me in college, so I still needed some maturing and to put myself around someone that can help me get where I'm trying to go. Do you think that do you still talk to her? Actually, two weeks ago, <laughs> does she does she ever say like I can't even believe like uh, we were so fortunate or like you were the person that you were like you taught me so much you were different than any other recruit I ever had just because of your your introspection and uh, you know um, interest in self actualization. Yeah, we quite often because uh... <laughs> you know you're closer now. You know you catch yeah. up to people. You yeah. know once you're yeah. older, we quite often share our appreciation because um, wow, 
I mean, we've had we had a genuine relationship. Right. I watched her. I watched how she cared about every player. She mm. was mature. She was raising young girls to be women. Mm. And her mother was a big impact in her life. I remember her sharing that with me. I needed that. I needed some more mothering in my own life. But at that time, with the relationship that I had, um, so she was filling those gaps and helping us mature and teaching us how to she actually taught me how to eat steak. <laughs> how to eat steak? <laughs> <laughs> teaching me the proper way to hold the knife. That's classic. Yeah. yeah, you hear stories about that, how coaches do all kinds of, you know, because a very close friend of mine is at Kansas State now. She's on the women's basketball staff for Coach Mitty. Um, and so, you know, they've had people come in, talk about social media and, you know, how, how to have good manners when you go to restaurants and, yeah, I mean, those types of things, yeah, it's funny what you remember <laughs> when you're in college. And so you, so now so you go from this nurturing uh, environment and, and now you're going to go to what's a business. I mean, college basketball is a business, but, um, you know, now you're going to go to the WNBA. And so how was it to be a pioneer? Because I was a pioneer in a different way. I was on the first team in the history of my college program. A uh, small D3 school in Baltimore, Goucher College. And that's why I went there because I just wanted to be on the first team in the history of the school and nobody can ever take that from me. And my path was interesting too. I got cut three times. Um, you know, I was averaging 0.2 points per game in high school. Like I said, I was told, you know, why are you going to continue? What's the point? Um, you know, and I went from average, scoring 12 total points in high school my senior year to averaging 13 points per game as a junior in college. And that road, you know, like you, you know, I sort of had that resiliency and, and, you know, sort of F the world because you're not going to tell me nothing, you know, and I just, I'm the, I'm the biggest competitor and the biggest trash talker you'll find. And those things helped me along with playing on the streets and learning those lessons because I had a couple of good coaches and I had a couple of bad coaches, you know, looking back on it as a coach myself of 30 years. And so how was that transition going to such a uh, high, amazing high school and college experience now you're going to the W. Yeah, you're a pioneer, but but how how was the vibration of that comparatively? So the wonderful thing was that I was overseas at the time. I was a professional three years in yeah. in Europe before the WNBA started, and yeah. I got to get my feet wet. I got to experience. I got to be around Cynthia Cooper, and, right. and I was a rookie coming into a professional atmosphere, and the WNBA started. So. I had a little bit of professional experience to, to, to cling on to. Yeah. And I knew some of the players already. So, and I love to play. Like, I feel like mm. literally I was born. Yeah. <laughs> I literally feel like I had was born to, to do this and, and mm. wanted to do it with all my heart. Like all my heart, I wanted to play. Nobody had to make me, make me play beyond my high school coach motivating me to to give it all if I'm gonna go after that it was like show me how to do it help me develop to do it but I always wanted it man what a lesson about what coaches can do to impact young lives whether it's youth coaches or any any of the coaches that come you know and that's what Jay Bill has talked about among other people that have come on the show like this may be the last experience a kid ever has we all got something that we really really like enjoy you know what I mean? like that's how I see basketball I enjoyed it I didn't I wouldn't play basketball if they never paid sports deli is sponsored by PSK you can find them online at lids.com pskcollective.com tjmax.com walmart.com and now Kohl's department store at kohls.com and now back to this incredible interview right here in the sports deli how proud were you because you know i do want to talk about what happened last year uh you you opted out of the bubble um you know i don't know if that was for health reasons or you just you know were thinking about your future and you just decided that you know i need to take a break and figure things out but um you know you're, you're still part of that sorority of sisters you know that 144 which hopefully soon will be uh 168 but nonetheless it's 144 right now and so obviously they were impact we talk about this a lot on the show but they impacted an election two elections um the the, the players of the w 
have always been a part of advocacy uh, in different ways, but it was really evident last year after, after the death of George Floyd and the Say Her Name campaign with Breonna Taylor. And so, you know, I know uh, as an extension, even though you weren't physically there, you were there in spirit, no doubt about it. Um, talk about, you know, what looking back on it, that meant for you and, and where you see us going now uh, in terms of George Floyd and, and, and what happened last year and all of those types of things. I, I just think that, you know, we have, we're just speaking how we feel. We're just saying what is on our hearts. I, I don't know if it's really a literal campaign more so than I've sat in the locker room. Every player care about they, their children, their families, their <laughs> aunties, their uncles. Like this is, these are real women. We care about people, humanity. Humanity comes from us. But you've always cared about humanity. Why is there a different vibration? Why are more white people listening? You know, it's not just calm. Yeah. You know, it was the right time, unfortunately, because of because of another death. Yeah, because of another death. Yeah, that wakes everybody up. We have we're we're a very slow generate race of people that we have to go to this extreme. <laughs> to these extremes and then we wake up and then we go to another extreme and then we wake up. But that's been the process of humanity waking yeah. up. And then we've always been saying these things. Before, like you said, it's been forever being echoed. Our ancestors have been saying, love, let's connect, let's humanity, let's oneness, it's the truth. This message has been for the end, from the beginning to the end of time. But it takes a minute for things to happen and go, oh, my God, let's wake up. Let's That's a long ass up. minute. <laughs> and, and, and people yes. need to be woke for real. Like, yes. but yes. but that, that, I think there is a different vibration. Now, that's why, you know, I'm a small layer, but I'm a layer. And that's why we want to bring people on to these kinds of safe spaces and educate. I don't want people listening who agree with me. I want people listening who don't understand it, A, or are ignorant to the fact and are willing to say, okay, if this is still real, what can I do in my own little corner with the, the children that I, you know, uh, cross paths with? Because that's really who's going to change this whole vibration and, and viewpoint about what's going on. I have to make sure that's not in me. That's the biggest change I can ever make in this world. Yeah, it's it's definitely complicated because we don't reinforce it in education. Uh, you know, what we talk about in school is not about uh, interpersonal skills or the true history of what went on or tough topics yeah. like this, you know, and to talk about it, and yes, to talk about to have it. a conversation about right. it, like to look at it. You got to be able That's to education. Yes, yeah. education. So, well, uh, yeah, we're, we, we just got to keep it going. And, and like I said, uh, I, I know people in the black and brown community are exhausted uh, in terms of explaining it over and over and over again. Uh, and it does take allies because it's society is still run by white males. Uh, and so, you know, we have to come correct. We've been complicit for far too long. And so I just wish, I've said this a lot, but I, I just wish the Tom Brady's and people in politics would just stop and not make it political and and just say simple words like black lives matter or uh, racism still exists or we need to better educate people or find some middle ground even if we disagree about the vaccine or whatever whatever the case is because um you know it's what well, the, the direction that we're going in is too slow like you said it's it's taking too long of a minute and so I, I just hope that we can uh, keep the conversation going. And so when people are stupid or things happen, it's an opportunity to ask why, you know, and be better educated and, and uh, you know, create more positive layers instead of complaining or, yeah. you know, those types of things, because they're not really helpful in terms of getting policies changed and, and changing viewpoints. Yeah. Yeah. The no, room no. That we're, and the rooms that we hold. The yeah. rooms that we're in, those rooms, like in those rooms, we should change those rooms. 
any Absolutely. room we sit in, we should make sure this conversation is, is about in any room. If it's two, three people, 50 people, if it's a thousand people, yep. if it's a hundred thousand people, this conversation should be to come to peace in every room today. Yeah, well, we'll do our best. You know, some people just aren't introspective. And so, you yeah. know, you're just trying to touch people who are in that gray area that may it may spark something in them because nobody wants to have things rammed down their throat. They're not going to, they're not going to change when it's that kind of message, but if it's an educational kind of thing, or it's a story or it's a testimonial, you know, I think that's when people are more absolute. So let me ask you a couple of questions about the W uh, we're in the 25th season. You know, you, you were a part of that. I, can, I know, right. 25 seasons went by already. <laughs> Sorry for the reminder. <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah, right. We're wiser, you know, we're smarter, we're, we're, we taste better right now, right? Yeah, just like that wine. So what, what, what's it going to take for Kathy to, you know, keep going in the, in the right direction to market the sport? It's on 27 different channels. It's too, it, you know, it used to be when it first started, the Comets and, you know, the original team, like places were sold out. It was on the same channels as the NBA, you know, obviously it was unique. So it had just started, you know, the ABL was going on, but, you know, the WNBA supported by the NBA, you know, it just changed and people were excited about it. And so it's going in the right direction, I think. But, you know, like there's a couple of issues. One, I've talked about the iPhone philosophy with the um, league pass. It's only $17.99. So that's sort of insulting to women when the NBA package is $200, even though there's more games. And the WNBA is only $17.99. So you want to go buy a cheap Android or do you want an iPhone? Everyone pays for an iPhone, even though it's $1,000. So why not raise the price of the WNBA League Pass? Because if people are going to be interested, they're going to be interested in don't cheapen your product. In my opinion, the WNBA League Pass should be at least 50 bucks. Otherwise, you're saying the women you know, are not, you know, as uh, important as the men from just a financial standpoint, raise the bar, make it more expensive and say it's worth 50 bucks. That's the first thing. And then so how and then the other thing is, how are we going to get women to stay here? Because it's just I know it's a it's a it's a, a revenue uh, issue. But you know, people are still making a lot of money overseas, they're taxing, you know, you're taxing your bodies, and having double seasons. And, you know, if the salaries were 500,000 instead of, you know, the average is 70,000 right now, you know, you might have a whole different league. I, I mean, maybe they still go overseas anyways, because they make another 500,000. I don't know. I'm, I think I would go overseas anyway, because I absolutely enjoy to play. You like playing. Yeah. That's that just give you opportunity to play. I saw a lot of players like me in the league. They want yeah. to play. You know, they yeah. like to play. Absolutely, I want to make money. I probably have been like, great, I can even make more money over there. <laughs> because playing is not work in yeah. some degree. This is yeah. our joy. This is what we love. Yes, I do would like to make money. I want to have an income and all of that. But you got moms, you know, at some point, some things yeah. change and you want to be able to say, okay, thank, thank goodness I'm making 250 to 500K Absolutely. now because now I can stay home with my kid the rest of the year. Now, for those that yeah. would like to do that, that would be a blessing because I right. do see that. I do see that, that you would have the opportunity to do that. No different than the men. I've been overseas. There's guys over there playing. Right. You know, they make good and money. They, and that's their life. And they get to come back and they, they make good. They can be able to take care of their families and provide. Yeah. So, absolutely. I think well, I th that it's long overdue. <laughs> long overdue. Well, I hope in 27, you know, the, there's charter flights. That part is literally ridiculous that Power Five conferences have charter freaking flights in college, and the WNBA does not have charter flights. Like, there's just no reason for it. Like, there's got to be a better marketing strategy, not only, you know, for the games and to promote the sport, but to get television and sponsors on board to take care of these women. You know, it's bad enough that the pay is what it is. But, you know, when I when I see things like this, it's, you know, and then, you know, you have a situation where Coach Wade is also racially profiled on the airplane. I don't know if you were on there. No, that was going to the bubble. So so that happened yeah. to him. He talked about it on the show and he wasn't even wearing any gear. And so, you know, that's just that wouldn't happen on a charter flight, like just little things like that, that it's already hard enough. And, to you know, so anyways, it's, there's a lot of layers to it, you know, um, and, I, and I'm always, you know, I'm a different type of being because I'm like, yeah, I'm, glad. I'm, I'm glad, I'm happy of it. 
I'm happy for our journeys and our steps. Yeah. I'm glad that James got to speak to that woman. Right. You know, I would say that. I'm glad that that happened because that lady got to see some truth. I've been on airplanes where we've had to do that. So the process where the WNBA is going to go, I know it's going to go in the right place. Yeah. I don't want to skip over our baby steps. Yeah. That was the culture at that time. So I'm all right with the process. But when we do get a, a million dollars, do you know what we could do with it? I'm 50 years old. I just started my nonprofit. If right. I was, you know, if I would have had a million dollars then, I don't even think I would have started a nonprofit back then. So I didn't have the maturity to do something like that. So just That's speaking true. of myself, just myself and watching the players and watching our journey, watching us, no offense, buy a bunch of purses and buy a bunch of things that didn't matter, you know, just we all promoting shoes. This is just a way. Those are things that don't matter. They're nothing. That's true. So I want us to mature out of that stage. Organically, then, not rush the process. Yes. And then let's go. And I, I, pretty, mm -hmm. I, I can see maturity. To have a president like NECA, who is right. just, I, I know we're near held that, that type of mindset at that age. So that's phenomenal to see that. Yes, right. that type of player, I'm all right with her having a million dollars. I know some right. a lot of good stuff will come out of that. You know what I mean? So it's just a different time. Um, we'll, we'll get there we're right when we're supposed to get there, but we definitely saying always today is the day. Mm. Powerful words. Sports Deli is sponsored by City Lokes, C-I-T-Y-L-O-C-S. You can find them online at citylokes.com where you can go and make your own personalized license plate hats. They're so cool. You got to check them out. And don't forget to enter the code THESPORTSDELI at checkout for your special 10% discount. And now back to this incredible interview right here in the sports deli. Give it a little bit, sorry to use that cliche word, but um, show some agility. So not on the scale to what you've been doing, but I've been, you know, since the death of George Floyd, I just, I, I had to make some adjustments as well because, uh, you know, I lost some classes as a college professor and, um, you know, I was coaching college ball for 23 years and, you know, so I've been at a low income first generation high school, uh, which has been the best job I've ever had, even though I'd like to get back to the college game at some point. Um, just because I think my skill set, you know, benefits women. I, I was on the men's side 15 years and I've been on the women's side 15 years. And so I think the women's game still has a long way to go in terms of uh, evolution, you know, taking a more of a holistic approach like you sort of took and, and how every aspect of your life can impact you maximizing your potential and finding the best version of yourself. And so um, going back to the homeless situation. So one of the things that I did was uh, I won't say how I'm doing it, but I've been giving to the homeless for 16 months. And so just the things that I've seen open my eyes to, it's just been uh, somewhat gut-wrenching and, and heartfelt and just mixed emotions all at the same time, just to see how humble they are, how giving they are, how grateful they are, um, and that, that they're people too, and that we have an epidemic on our hands from that perspective. And I know this is a, a big part of your push in terms of what you're doing, which we'll talk about in a little while. Um, so first, I, I'm sorry for the loss of your sister. I know that she died as a result of diabetes. Um, and so I wanna talk about that perspective of your organization, because I think it's, it's related in terms of what we're going through now in terms of this pandemic and how people can better take care of themselves because it's a call to, to people strengthening their immune systems. But the first thing I want to talk about, having said all that, I know it's long winded, but I, I, I want to ask you about mental health because, you know, you were gifted with uh, some things that other people don't have to go, go through. And I just asked um, auntie about this today about Cappy. And, you know, she went off the rails recently talking about how LeBron James, uh, Cappy Pondexter, you know, LeBron James is, um, you know, trafficking women. And, and, and so Liz Cambage has talked about it, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Love. And so it's a real thing. Mental health is just something that shouldn't be taboo across the board. And so can you talk, can you speak on that? Because I think it's important that people understand that it's okay 
to share their stories about this. Coaches need to understand that this is real and not just say, stop misbehaving or, you know, you know, what's wrong with you kind of thing. But, but speak on that, you know, across looking back on it from high school to college to the pros and, you know, what we need to do now in terms of having things in place, you know, as safeguards to, to help not just women, but people across the board, kids, especially. I mean, it's a real thing and it's about us. I'm just, us connecting, um, having someone there, having someone that we can really talk to. If, if we're in a state where it's 8 million people in the world, then, then we're really like, we're having a big mental disconnect. A lot of disconnection. Yeah. Yeah. So virtually disconnected and emotionally, you know, but, but, but yes, but talk, but talk about the black and brown community specifically, because I know how it is in my family. You know, I grew up in the house of a social worker, a psychotherapist. So, you know, I've seen this stuff for, you know, once I've known what it was for, you know, 40 out of my 52 years, basically, you know, or since I was nine when my father committed suicide, you know, so I understand it, but it's taboo or you're roasted in the black and brown community. So what's the message to, to people of color? to say, you know, it's not, it can't just be, because just like basketball, like things take time to evolve and grow and believe it and feel it, you know, in the innermost part of who you are, like, you can't just say, oh, well, it's not taboo anymore. So come correct. (laughs) It's not that easy. And being there for our family members and not shoving people off for being, having different struggles and and separating ourselves. Um, People are really going through things and we have to kind of step up and be more willing to support. Yeah, it's it's and it's it's not easy. Yeah, and it's not easy in my community. I see it. like we have to support each other. We have to be uh, a door. A, 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 we have to pick up the phone call when people are calling and need help. We have to return the messages. We have to. You know, go visit people, ask people how they're doing, right. sit and listen to people and, and when they're expressing how they're feeling and reconnect. Yeah. These are things that will help us. Um, yeah, I mean, I was very fortunate to, after basketball, I can feel myself mentally not, as a player, not feeling secure in myself. That being something I did all my life, you know, being a player since I was six years old. And just to have something where I feel like that gave me some stability and and reconnect spiritually to myself was grounding and grounding myself, getting back in, just finding, discovering my breath and getting into nature and getting around real things. I think that is so important today that we're missing mental health. For me, I found it in getting back into nature, getting back you know, into a place where that's just more natural. And that's been what I've seen that has encouraged me. I've been blessed to be able to teach yoga for over 12 years. And now I feel like that's what I can offer. That's that's even look, that's even better than basketball. That's just not about being entertained and, and that everybody can do everybody can find a way of stillness and grounding and breathe and reconnect because we're human beings i'm not really a basketball player (laughs) i'm a human being and that's the most important thing that i never put any of these labels before who i really am and and mental illness can come from that i felt it i felt my disconnect well who am i now you need to be that person have any stability in life. Ooh, man, that's that's deep. And you know, a lot of people, it's probably a foreign language to them. They they probably don't even understand what you're talking about when you when you talk about some of these things. And that's the that's the disconnect. <laughs> right. And that's those are the people that probably need it the most to be still in a room, you know, to 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 close their eyes or whatever, keep them open just to to pay better attention to you know, their, their energies and their vibrations. And then, you know, things start to fall into place. Once you start doing that, you eat better, you think differently, you know, and it's just, it, people want to be around you in a different way. It just, it, 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 it all just comes together and you bring it home, so to speak. And so that's just um, fascinating stuff. Uh, so I want to talk about um, Project Roots. And so 
I listened to this room in Clubhouse. I don't know if you know what it is, social audio app. And it's fascinating. A lot of collab going on. Um, a lot of tough conversations. There's thousands of people in these rooms. Elon Musk has been on here. Zuckerberg, a lot of women of color. Um, you know, it's, I've reached out to a lot of people. Barbara Majeski from the Today Show is coming on this Friday. Stephanie Arnold, she's got a special on Netflix. She was dead for 37 seconds. She had premonitions growing up that no one ever paid attention to. You know, just, it's a fascinating app. And so anyways, one of the rooms is called the Holistic Bitches. And so they have a podcast also, Leslie's the host. And so uh, natural remedies and just a fascinating uh, discussion about all kinds of different things. And so this is where I want to get back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of what you're doing and how that can help, uh, especially in the black and brown communities, because there is a higher incidence of diabetes uh, that we talked about earlier with your sister, unfortunately, passing away from the complications from diabetes, high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, higher incidences of COVID, higher incidences of death from COVID. And we don't know the exact reasons, but it's fair to say that the immune systems have been compromised. There's comorbidities that are going on. Um, and so if, if we can strengthen our immune systems through programs like what you're doing, uh, so talk about that and, and how uh, passionate you are about this. And, and there's so many layers to it. It's amazing. So you basically, so basically before the pandemic started, before everyone was going to go to the bubble, you had already started the community garden and you were, you were going back home and you were already educating your family. You just, you felt this pull to, to stop coaching and, and for, at least for now and, and start going down this other path, you know, because that's what was, that was, what was talking to you. <laughs> the government, everybody, I mean, Everybody was telling my community how important it was for them to go and get vaccinated. Right. And I just thought, like, wow, in this time, that's the, you have the microphone and that's the biggest message to the people. It's not go and let's take care of our health. We were spreading the message to go get vaccinated. And this is a big conversation in our families. And my family alone would want to sit around and talk about vaccination. And I'm like, let's talk about getting out. Let's talk about moving our bodies. Let's talk about eating right. Let's talk about getting God's food in our body. Let's talk Immune about system. Think, thinking right. Let's right. talk about, you know, taking one thing my grandmother told me. She said, Bridget, I promise you this. Everybody going to leave. <laughs> It's about how you live it. So. Well, and that, and, well, and that's a cultural thing too. It's another layer to to how food is viewed, and so you you've talked about addressing racism in your words through food, you know, and 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 so that's an important component to this, and so that has there has to be a united front on this, and like you talked about, it has to happen organically. We can't force this, you know, to people, but you know, with a lot of these issues. I could talk about what you're talking about and not one person of color is going to listen to me. And so that's why I have to educate white people and you have to educate people of color, even though it's the same message, because that's the way we're going to get it done. you know, fortunately or unfortunately. So I, I, I think it's a, gr a great message that we're trying to send. Uh, all right, let's get to the, this or that. It's been, it's been an amazing, amazing hour. And so I want to ask you some of the fun questions now and see where, it, see where it leads. Uh, Sports Deli is sponsored by Moolah Kicks. Moolah is M-O-O-L-A-H, like money, Moolah, and kicks, like shoes, one word. You can find them online at moolahkicks.com, and it's the first ever female-only brand basketball shoe. So it's a shout-out to the basketball street culture and... It is also about fighting social injustice and gender inequality worldwide and here in the United States. And again, you can find them at moolahkicks.com. And now back to this incredible interview right here in the Sports Deli. Cheryl Miller, your first coach. I hope she's okay. I got to be honest with you. When I saw her, she was at a D2 school out here in Cali um, a couple years ago, and she looked, oh. She, she didn't look good. So I don't know if anyone's reached out to her or how she's doing, but I, I hope she's okay. Um, so Cheryl Miller or Diana Taurasi, who you played with in your last year in the league 
interesting way. I definitely will take Cheryl. I remember Cheryl came down and played us in horse and she whipped us all up and she had a boot on. She was our coach and we were professional players. Man, that's crazy. Man, so, she could she could flat out ball. Can you imagine if she was playing now? Oh Reggie Miller or Ray Allen? Ray Allen. Yeah. Best player you ever played against? Latanya Pollard. <laughs> wow, really? Yes. Yeah. Cheryl or Cynthia? Cheryl. Maya or Sue Bird? Maya. Maya, yeah. Man, what she's done uh, off the court has been nothing short of amazing herself. Uh, B. Stu or Candace Parker? Candace. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, maybe when it's all said and done, B. Stu will be. <laughs> Candace Parker's skill set is exceptional. Oh. Yeah. Man, and plus her size, it makes her sort of like her, the KD yeah. of the women's game. Yeah. Uh, MJ or LeBron? MJ. Uh, Euro or floater? Euro. Mm. <laughs> Let's go. Oh. Oh, okay. A lot, lot of people love those floaters, though. Um, <laughs> mid-range or threes? Three for me, two for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's the best answer I've had yet on that one. Uh, dropping a dime for the game winner or hitting the game winner? Hitting it. <laughs> the hell with that dime. <laughs> Later. <laughs> I That's got two it. nickels. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you and Auntie. That's hilarious. Uh candy or popcorn at the movies? Popcorn with butter? Yeah, definitely with butter. Okay. Favorite vegetable. I'm gonna say collard greens. <laughs> I think I knew the answer to that. Yep. That was that's solid. What about favorite fruit? Peaches. Peaches? Wow. I just got peaches from a stand on the side of the road here in San Diego on the way to uh yeah, they're so good. Oh, my God. Uh, pancakes, waffles, or French toast? You said fluffy ones? <laughs> uh, all right, so this is, this might be a tough one. Larry Bird or Kawhi Leonard? I'm going to take the Indiana guy. Yeah, right. That's what, that's what I was hoping you would say. White boy, let's go. <laughs> uh, favorite shoe. Were you sneakerhead? For a little while. Barclays? Oh, wow. They had a lot of cushion, the Barclays. They did. I could, yeah, I thought I could dunk. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, uh, NBA on TNT, um, Shaq, Kenny, Ernie, or Chuck? Shaq, I take Shaq. <laughs> They're all great, man. I love listening to them after the game. Uh, favorite song of all time? Favorite song? Uh, some Michael Jackson. I would say Rock With Me. Oh, yeah. Rock With Me. <laughs> uh favorite tv show of all time i'm gonna shock everybody frazier <laughs> oh wow that's crazy and frazier came after uh what cheers yeah came on after yeah. cheers right wow that's classic yeah. uh, favorite movie of all time i'm a star interesting yeah. haven't had that that answer before that's cool okay so if you could have five people past or present at the dinner table with you who would they be my grand, my mother my great-grandmother um, my father could, it could be anybody too right it could be anybody, anybody. yeah i want those three my great okay. grandmother my father my mother and then i'll take money oprah, the sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> oprah yeah right man we gotta get we gotta make that happen michelle or i'll take michelle, michelle obama yeah. yeah yeah she's amazing her podcast is great too. Her and Hillary's podcasts are very good. I've listened lately to, to some of their episodes. Yeah, they're very interesting. Okay, so ask me any this or that question. Broccoli okay. or kale? So that's a tough one. So if it's a salad, I prefer kale. If it's if it's Chinese food, it's not even a question. It's, it's shrimp and broccoli. I don't really eat beef or pork for the most part. It's mostly turkey and, and seafood and fish. But yeah, so it just depends. So I, I love both, but uh, it just depends on what it's in. Where do you see yourself in five years? Did you have another question? Did you have another this or that you thought of for me? Yeah, I was going to say cobbler or apple pie. Oh, apple pie, not even close. <laughs> for you, it's peach cobbler? Yeah. <laughs> That's right, because <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Oh, no, apple pie blows everything out of the water. Cheesecake, if you ask me cheesecake or apple pie, that would be tough. So, you know, if it's a, if it's a phenomenal cheesecake uh, versus an apple pie, uh, 
man, I, I might 5149 lean to the cheesecake, but man, typically it's apple pie. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you see yourself in five years? Is the league ever an option again? No, I don't know. I know yeah. today I want to grow more food. I see myself getting more land and, um, yeah. you know, just getting a little bit more space to produce more food, get it out in our community. Uh, I see it reaching out in different areas, different parts of the country and awesome. just really helping, you know, myself and women as a whole, just get more get back grounded and connected in our health and our wellness and educating ourselves on just being well. Oh, amen. For sure. That's so important, especially now. Um, well, it's really been an honor to share a space with you. Uh, you know, I know most people don't know who in the hell I am when they come on here, but I truly hope that you've gotten something out of it. You know, you, you've given some shares, but you feel like there's a, you know, some thoughtful conversations going on here that may help even just one person, but hopefully more. And um, anything we can do, I, I don't just have people on for the purpose of saying, oh, I had another WNBA player on. Like, we really want to try and leverage that to, to do whatever we can to, to help change all these narratives. So for trusting us, you know, like I said, thank Coach Wade. Coach Wade and I talk a lot. You know, I, I love the guy. I mean, he's just just a phenomenal person. Um, and so you were around him a lot more than I, than I was. And so, you know, him better than I do and, and Edwig and stuff. Uh, did you ever teach the players yoga? Did like, did they ever, did you ever do that with them? Yeah, I did quite a few players separately wow. that would do it. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. I, I feel like the generation now, it's been a little challenging to teach, yeah. but I teach more high school players. They're definitely oh. more open. They are more ready to be more balanced as an athlete. I feel like you oh, know, we need, they're we not need more of that for sure. Because the byproducts of that, they pay more attention to themselves. They don't even realize it. That's cool. But I think, I mean, I think it's going to happen. I think more players will be doing yoga and mindful practice, meditation. It just only makes sense. It's for self. It's for the betterment of self. And athletes are constantly trying to find what can give them an edge, what can right. make them better. If I have a clear mind, we all know the song comes in a clear mind. Absolutely. And then you trust yourself more. You believe in yourself. You can, And then you find the best version of yourself. So, well, sorry we had to chop it up during your yoga retreat. <laughs> I hope it's it didn't mess good. up the vibration. No, and, uh, yeah, I'm much love and, and utmost respect. And let's stay in touch. And, and so if you had, last question. So if you had one person that you would like to bring on that you think would be a good fit, that you would come back and co-host with me, who would it be? Auntie said uh, the goat, Cheryl. So she's trying to make that happen. And, you know, like uh, David Meltzer came on and said he wanted to bring Warren Moon on. And so, you know, it's 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 great to, you know, have people on, be mainly because I think people will listen to them. Like like I said, I wish I was Tom Brady. I wish I had, you know, what, what Jay Billis can do to talk about, you know, the disproportionate number of things that happen in society and people will actually listen, you know, or an owner, but I'm not. So the only way to do that is to connect and, you know, disseminate that information out to the masses. And, and hopefully, you know, people are comfortable doing that because of how important it is. I want you to talk about just Coach Ross real quick. Just her knowledge of through so much history of, of college basketball and seeing it change and how she impacted that change, you know, and a lot of young black women that, you know, being a white woman and coaching in the SEC to help oh. us, you know, steer through that. So I, I look at her as, you know, that will be someone that bring a lot of knowledge to the table. Oh, I would love to. That's why what I she... picked her. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I mean, she probably connected with, with other people as well for the same reasons. They may not have yeah. been as in tune as you, but they felt some sort of connection with her. What is she doing now? I think she does a little bit of SEC commentating when it's right, starts. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I saw her on that. some of the games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'll touch base. I'll email you. And then if you want to, I'll, I can introduce myself and then uh, would be honored to, to, to have her on. That would be amazing. So yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. And then, uh, so enjoy the rest of your time there. And I wish I was there with you. I, I've been teaching yoga for a while now. So that that's why it's so interesting to me. And then uh, I, you know, I was, I've been around a holistic kind of family for a long time. So it's all that kind of thing is very interesting to me that, you know, to strengthen, 
you know, the best version of yourself in every way. So namaste. namaste. All right. Thank you. I'm going to get you a little bit of that water. Hey, let's go. <laughs> I love it. You've definitely got the best background that I've had for any of the guests. Steve Lavin was pretty good too. He, he was just finishing his walk uh, and he's in like uh, the mountains of like San Francisco and like, you know, wine country. So, you know, he was trying to, you know, you know, Steve Lavin, he's trying to fix his hair and look all smooth or whatnot. <laughs> but he, you know, he had the, he, he didn't understand the background, you know, being in television, you think you'd understand that, right? He had the silhouette yeah. going on. You couldn't really see him that well. But it, was, it, was a, it was a good time though. Lab's a trip if you ever spend some time with them. So, woo, man, what a great way to end. All right, much love, much respect, and uh, we'll, we'll talk soon and, and enjoy the rest of your trip. Stay safe and, and uh, you know, take care of yourself. Man, we can't thank Bridget Pettis enough for coming into the sports deli and sharing space with us during a yoga retreat in Oklahoma. No matter if you're going to get the vaccine or not, please mask up. Studies absolutely 100% show that they do work in terms of helping to protect you. If both people have a mask on, it increases the uh, protection. So please mask up. It's not a political issue. It's no other issue except a human rights issue. And, you know, we want to protect everybody from that standpoint. So stop the Asian hate. We absolutely bet on women in the Sports Daily Podcast where everyone deserves a seat at the table. Black Lives Matter, and remember, it takes a village. For Dr. J and Coach K, I'm Hootie Hoot, and until next time, much love. Peace.